Welcome to The Returning Citizen. Quick reminder that anytime we mention a program or event, it's linked under this episode on thereturningcitizen.org. Thanks, Monty. And we want to remind everybody that the U.S. has the highest rate of incarceration of any country on Earth. Most of these folks return home as our neighbors. 10,000 ex-prisoners are released from state and federal prison every week. Needless to say, nobody or <laughs> Needless to say, everybody wins when we help these returning citizens be successful. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm Jacob Smith, the one who uh, can't speak today, apparently, uh, a Detroit-based entrepreneur and social justice organizer who's not feeling particularly well today. Uh, so everybody bear with me. Got you. <laughs> I'm Imani Mixon, a Detroit-based and Embrace writer. I'm the Eric Burgess. I serve 18 years in prison for a nonviolent drug crime, and my passion is to use this platform to assist other returning citizens. And today we have two amazing guests uh, here to discuss how to keep women out of prison uh, and a number of other exciting things. So we're very excited to dive right in. So as we discussed in a previous interview, I believe it was episode six, if I'm not mistaken, with Tazzy Caldwell, the rate of growth for female imprisonment has outpaced men by more than 50% between 1980 and 2014. There's close to 1.2 million women under supervision in the criminal justice system in the U.S., a non-trivial number. It's, that's a lot of people. And so today we're talking about one uh, particularly creative solution for keeping women out of prison. Uh, we're here with Michelle Smart, the founder of Bags to Butterflies, uh, whose mission is to help reduce recidivism within the community by providing female returning citizens with employment and training opportunities, as well as connecting them with resources, support, and a caring network that will help empower them to redefine their life's purpose, as well as Robin McArdle, a designer at Bags of Butterflies who uh, was formerly incarcerated herself, um, which we'll be getting into more detail as we hop into the discussion in just a second. And her passion is to help other women overcome the same obstacles that she experienced and to prevent women from going back to prison. So uh, without further ado, we want to dive right in. So I was hoping, Michelle, if you could kick us off. Tell us about what you guys are doing with Bags to Butterflies. So at Bags to Butterflies, our mission is to empower women through employment, and we're taking a very innovative approach to create jobs. A, we currently use a, um, a handbag, using a very common women's accessory, um, a handbag, and we our handbags are made out of repurposed wood, and we use this material to show individuals how something considered old, dirty, of no value, how it can be transformed into something new and beautiful and how that same transformation can take place in anyone's life. Perfect. And what inspired you to launch the project? So there, there, it was a twofold project. First of all, with the handbags themselves, I'm an artist, so I create a lot of glass work, fused glass, stained glass, and I wanted to do something totally different and get into woodworking. So I designed the handbags um, for an art show. At that same time, I learned that my best friend's daughter made a split-second decision, and she was incarcerated, and just married the two together. And the whole purpose is to empower women. The handbags to us have a meaning, and that meaning is, you know, we, we want the women to feel empowered when they come home. And when they're building the handbags, it's as if they're rebuilding their life one piece at a time. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Out of curiosity, uh, so this is something we've uh, touched on in, in previous uh, episodes. Why specifically female returning citizens? And can you kind of speak to the general landscape of support resources that you guys see in the community and beyond where there might be more generally a focus on on men? Or could you kind of give your, your take on that? Men have all kinds of resources. Women do not. 
And being a returning citizen myself, when I got out, I had to go to a homeless shelter. Um, there was no job opportunities. There was no, no housing opportunities. There was no nothing, absolutely nothing. The MPRI program that I was a part of did not assist me in any way, shape, or form. I may have got bus tickets one time. So it, it's, there's, nothing, there's, there's, there's no resources for women specifically at all. And this is the first resource for women that I know of. Um, women are now the big growing population in the prison, but before this, men were. So it was all focused on men coming home, relocating, housing, all that stuff. But now women have grown. The, the population for women has grown tremendously. And so we have to focus on what we can do to help them to, to get their lives back together, give them resources, because there is none. Thanks, Robin. And Eric, how, how might that differ from your experience when you uh, came out of prison? Uh, I totally concur with Robin. As me, I think we, um, since we're supposed to be leaders, as I must say, or the foundation of the family and community, I think it, it stressed more, um, stress more emphasis on men because men has been, like I say, leaders and supposed been leaders in men of the household. But, uh, as you see, we came short, you know, because our behavior has caused a very dysfunction in our families and community. And so that's, that's, that's why I think it's, they emphasize more on men because I think we'd want to do the most, uh, we have the most heinous behavior out here. And so I think that's why it's emphasized on men, um, per se, you know, in my um, perspective. Mm-hmm. And I would also say just in general, manhood and womanhood is treated completely differently. So I feel like this is not, you know, out of the realm of possibility that there are some really unique barriers that face women. Um, so I guess just in your experience within the community and like, you know, trying to work on um, helping returning citizens, what are some of the unique barriers that women face specifically within the system? I would say housing and employment. Um, see, it's, it's like this. You know, once the community and people look at you a certain way, you tend to start looking at yourself that same way. And then that's where this program that I'm into comes into play because it's to build our self-esteem and our self-worth and our, you know, become more self-sufficient. But the biggest barriers is employment and um, housing. Mm-hmm. And I would agree with that. Um, when we initially started Bags to Butterflies, we did a focus group with 10 women. And through this focus group, we learned that those were the two biggest barriers that the ladies were facing. Housing, they look at your, they do a background check. Um, employment, they do a background check. And it's very difficult for the women um, to find employment. And, you know, if you can't find employment, you can't become self-sufficient. And then you tend to, we have found that they tend to go back to what they know. And um, that has been a very big issue. However, within our program, we have had a very great success rate with the women who have um, we've been working with. Absolutely. Beautiful. And I'm just curious, like, how did you all get to know each other? Like, how did this connection happen? Um, 80 Strong, um, Mary Ellison through 80 Strong. She was, um, she's an ex-prisoner. She did 17 years. Um, very, very good friend of mine. And she's turned her whole life around. She's, um, God, she's an awesome woman. And she got me in touch with Michelle Smart. And from there, it's been Michelle and I. 
Yeah, Mary um, Allison has been very instrumental in referring the women to our program. Every person that she's referred has been absolutely wonderful. They're very engaged. They're very excited about making a difference in their own life. And that's what it's about within our organization. You have to have that desire and that drive. We can help you along the way, but it's totally up to each individual to really turn their lives around. What, uh, more generally speaking, what, what has the response been to the program? Um, and I know you've done a lot of other unique things beyond just selling ham- you know, the, put, the yes. handbag program. Uh, I believe you guys did the first uh, career expo specifically yes. aimed at, at female returning citizens. Uh, could you kind of speak to how your work has been received so within the community? Within the community, our work has been very well received. People are very excited about what we're doing. They um, come out and they support us. We did host um, our inaugural Job Fair and Empowerment Expo. And through this, the ladies were able to meet face-to-face with potential employers. And also we had workshops on how to dress for success. We had a gentleman come in from New Orleans, uh, Linnell Desdunes, who shared his story of being in prison for 19 years and how the same judge who sentenced him he went through he's he went to law school and he became an assistant to the same judge who sentenced him to prison so mm-hmm. he wanted to come and share his story and encourage the ladies you know to just stay focused you know whatever their dreams are that they can do it so the, the community at large has been very very positive um, yeah very very um, supportive of our organization beautiful um, and then I guess in the work that you all have done, obviously, there's a positive outlook. There is supposed to be some type of change that happens. So how have you seen women who are directly involved in your program, like turn their lives around or reinvent themselves? Well, I can give you an ex- a perfect example with Robin. When Robin came to our program the first week, Robin didn't particularly care how she came to work. Robin just came with however she felt coming, and it's okay. We don't put any particular, you know, we don't tell you have to look a certain way and dress a certain way. But I want to say within two weeks, Robin came in with her lip gloss on. And then I want to say another week or so after that, she came with a full face. Robin's an absolutely beautiful woman, and it just, I mean, we just saw the transformation. She was excited about what she was doing. She was engaged, and she's made a very big difference in our products and and, and being the design specialist. And I can also tell you, when Robin first started working there, um, I, I I totally changed. This this program has totally, completely, absolutely changed my life. When I first started working for her, you know, it was it was all right. But and then we stopped for a minute. And then and during that time that I stopped because I had lost my job, I went back to doing what I did. I went back to, to breaking the law. Okay, I'm going to keep it real. I went back to selling drugs. Okay, I had, to, I had to make a living. I'm 54. I have arthritis. I can't work where I used to work. I used to be a waitress. You know what I'm saying? I can't do what I used to do. So mm-hmm. nobody would hire me. Um, and then when she, we found a production site and we started, I started working back for her again, my whole world has changed. I stepped away from that. To never look back. I love what I do. I have a passion. I'm helping other people stop doing what they used to do and, and they can become somebody. I'm somebody now. I feel good about who I am, but I only feel good about who I am today because of this program, Bags to Butterflies. It has totally enriched my life and I'm not, that's, I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. It changed my life and my whole outlook. I love what I do. I, I, I have a purpose. I have a purpose to what I do. I, I love it. I, and it's just, it's totally, totally consumed me. 
And I, I love it. And it's all because of Bags of Butterflies and Michelle Smart. Thank you. Eric, I know you've talked uh, you've talked about how transitional employment uh, for you early on uh, following your release was so pivotal, uh, the support from your family and, and getting on your feet. Could you just kind of share some thoughts there? I can, in concurrence with Robin, it's, it's totally difficult uh, really to find employment for a returning citizen, especially after doing uh, so many, you know, so many years, like I said, away from home. Uh, my liberty for 18 years, uh, which was by the grace of God, I got through it and supported my family. But when I first came home, I worked uh, in a clothing store, sweeping and mopping um, part-time. So I was like, make $120 for three days. But like she said, it's the attitude. You must have the attitude. And um, that's where it starts. They can, you can have all the resources. You can have all the family support, all the family support that you need. But what you need the necessity you need to go through the um, positive transformation is the attitude. And I think that's what um, separates from uh, people, you know, repeating the same corrupted behavior that got them in prison and those that successfully stand out. Guys, how many people, how many women are, are in the program? Right now, we are we are currently in pilot phase. We started with three women, um, including Robin. The other two um, women collectively spent 50 years in prison. So we're currently piloting. We're looking to officially launch um, our program. We, we are calling it Empowerment for Her. But what happens, um, the, the, the idea behind the program is that the women would come home immediately upon returning to the community. They know they have a job. And they will come. They will not only get the job skills, they will be employed. They're getting the, the soft skills that employers are looking for, teamwork, uh, communication. And in addition, we will be hosting a variety of um, training programs through our nonprofit, which we are also launching, and we're very excited about that. Um, so we are we have a collaboration with a local financial institution who will be coming out and showing the ladies how to set up a, a savings account and a percentage of their um, their their salary will go into the savings account, but they will show them how to set up a savings account, how to take a look at, you know, their credit, how to um, just a variety of different things that they they're engaged in and they're excited about coming and sharing with the ladies. We they'll we'll be doing yoga classes. I mean, anything that we can do to help them on their transition to success after incarceration, <coughs> we're implementing several different programs. And did all this stuff kind of come together naturally for you? Because I feel like it's one thing to have a personal experience where your best friend's daughter experiences this, but to then like go out and get the skills to sort of build a community and a response around it is a way different frame of mind. It's very different. This is all new for me. This is totally not my background, but I do have a passion for what I do, and I have a passion for helping people, so that's probably where a lot of this stems from. But my background is actually in communications. I worked 25 years in uh, corporate communications and in the automotive industry, but helping people has been a lifetime journey for me. And and yeah, my, my best friend's daughter actually helped to catapult this journey of empowering women <coughs> home from incarceration. So we're very excited about what we're doing. For sure. Um, we talked about the career expo piece. Mm-hmm. What what does it look like to transition from the Bags to Butterflies program into employment? Right. So the Empowerment for Her program is a nine-month program. And what we envision is when the ladies come, we're sitting down having a conversation with them. We want to know – they know it's a nine-month program. So what – 
what's next. So either they want, if they decide they want to transition into employment, we're working with an organization who does recruiting. And so we will have these conversations with the women to better understand what their interests are and potentially pair them with the right employer that meets, you know, their, their interest. If they're interested in entrepreneurship, and we are working also with another organization who has agreed to let them, um, where the ladies would come and they'd be a part of this eight week program to help kind of help them with their business plan, their business idea. And, you know, we can help, you know, kind of guide them in that respect as well. But ideally it's, it is a nine month program. It's a transitional employment program. So they're coming in and eventually they will transition out into employment, but we are giving them the skills that they need. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is also like obviously a necessary function in society, but it's really relevant to everything that's happening right now because every woman everywhere is like fighting for equal pay Mm -hmm. for a safe space where they work for like encouragement and support. So I think it's good to have this. Like I know women everywhere that could benefit from having that one-on-one attention. So that's really important work. Yeah. Yeah, And, and and along those same lines, when they come to the program, they will be paired with a life coach. And what we have done, Robin and um, a couple of the other ladies in the, um, the other lady in the program, we allow them to interview the um, organizations that we're going to partner with. So we, Robin had a chance to interview one of the ladies are actually our life coach and they gave her a thumbs up. Yes, absolutely. There's another yeah. uh, piece of what we're doing where we call it, um, what is it? Creative visions where yeah. they would, we have someone who will come in where they will take an artistic approach to, it's kind of like therapy, but we don't want to call it therapy, but mm-hmm. they can kind of visualize where they are and, and, you know, actually develop it into an art piece. Um, type of thing. So Robin and um, Brenda both have gone through the initial piece of that. And, you know, they also gave Lisa two thumbs up. up. So we let them be a part of the entire progress process because they know the ladies and their needs better than we do. And so they'll kind of guide us and say, well, you know, this won't benefit them. Well, whereas this other program will definitely benefit the ladies when they come home. Mm -hmm. I, I want to just ask you, you mentioned about entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is something that we've uh, talked about on the most recent episode. Uh, it's something Eric and I talk about all the time. Monty's in, in that world in, in some ways. Uh, could you speak to kind of uh, why, in, in your guys' eyes, why is entrepreneurship an effective path for uh, folks who have come out of prison? And uh, why might you, uh, just out of my own curiosity, why might you recommend that path versus traditional employment, depending on Follow the person. dreams. Yeah, and not only that, I think it's also um, a traditional employment is not for everyone. There are people who have a passion to be their own boss, and they just may need that skill set or some help in order to help kind of build that dream that they they yep. desire to have. But I really believe that you know women coming out of prison and men and also, but I. They, there's a lot of talent there that we tend to overlook. And, you know, these same people who are coming home are going to be our neighbors. They're going to be, you know, our, they're going to be our neighbors. They're going to be living right next door to us. And so, you know, if, if they're not employed and they're not engaged with, you know, whatever their desires are, you know, it, there's a tendency, you know, they say unemployment and crime often go hand in hand. So, you know, we focus on employment. We focus on entrepreneurship. 
encourage the ladies to follow <coughs> their dreams. Mm-hmm. Something that, that's come up in the past uh, in these discussions is just the fact also that uh, <coughs> folks that go to prison, it's not uh, it's not for lack of of creativity. Um, oftentimes, it's quite the opposite. It's it's you know you you may be in a situation where you need to get creative and figure out a way to make money, right. which ironically is the root of of what makes a, a strong entrepreneur is is someone you know willing to take that that step. It's just whether you take the step in an, in an illegal direction right. or if you take a step in, in a legal direction. Um, could you tell us just a bit more about the, the actual programs that you guys are working with? Are there any um, – so for someone who might be listening and might be interested in getting involved, um, who's, who's either looking for support or uh, looking to get involved in this type of programming, um, I imagine your program is is just limited in the, the number of people you take on at a given time. Um, could you speak to what types of resources uh, folks could turn to in the community? So, yeah. So there are several resources. 80 Strong Community Outreach, Mary Ellison is one of our resources. Um, she refers to women. But we are currently housed in a community outreach facility, um, People's Community Church. And within that facility, there is – an opportunity for food services. Um, there's clothing available. There's um, funding for bus tickets if individuals need that. They do a lot for the community, and these are resources that are totally free. So we are blessed to be within this um, this this community, yeah, where we can refer the women. You know, if they need clothing. You know, if they need food, we can actually, you know, refer them to those resources. And um, through our life coach, um, Tanya Bankston, she does a wonderful job. I think, believe she and Robin are having um, an interview. Yeah, they have um, meetings quite regularly. So we have quite a few resources that we're we're looking at um, collaborating with as well. Perfect. And I, just out of curiosity, like I saw the beautiful bag prototype that you all have here, and I think. You know, certain things are just nice to look at and really cool, but don't necessarily mean anything. But obviously, everything you make is used with like a greater purpose. Um, so if you could just tell me a little bit more about the design that you all chose and like what other specialties you provide to make these things happen. like yeah. So the, the actual design of the handbag, I have been doing the design. Um, however, Robin has been actually enhancing what I've I've done. So Robin actually puts on they actually add the paints and the stains and I mean they just do some fabulous fabulous pieces of of work. And and the whole idea behind our handbags is that they're not just handbags. Mm-hmm. We call it traveling art. Mm-hmm. So the, for the person who doesn't carry a handbag, we have what we call a keepsake clutch. Mm-hmm. It's a smaller version. You can carry it as a clutch, but you can also use it as a keepsake, some place to store your keepsakes, or you can display it as a decorative art piece. So it's they're all multifunctional. And now that Robin's adding her creative touches, most of them are all one of a kind. Mm-hmm. So when someone purchases one of our pieces, you can be guaranteed that you will see no one else with it. For for those who haven't seen the bags, they really are – it could be just as much a, a art piece that sits on your mantle as it could be a, a bag. It's really yep. incredible. So uh, kudos on the amazing, <laughs> the amazing design skills. <laughs> yeah. uh, they really are beautiful. And Robin, did you have any prior experience with making art before you started doing this? Um, not at this level, but yeah, I, I draw, I paint, I I do have artistic abilities. Cool. So this is right down my path. Yeah. yeah. Is that something you picked up in prison or is that no, something always, you've been doing before? Always. Yep. Yeah, always. That's but, so fun. Yeah. And yeah. it's just this right here, this is the perfect, perfect job for me. 
Perfect. And we'll we'll give you guys another plug at the end too. But for uh, for those who haven't seen the bags, you can go to bagstobutterflies.com. Uh, there's a, a lots of pictures and and uh, more information about the program as well. Um, Robin, I was hoping you could could dive into a bit more detail just about your personal experience within the program. Um, so something you and I were chatting about right before we got started. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you you had spent 12 years in prison. And then you had a long gap in between, and years. then you and then you went back to prison. So, yeah, and what what systems might have failed you then, or what went um, wrong, and, what went and wrong what's different now? I had a record. What I went back to prison for, the normal Jane Doe would not have went back for. Okay, mm-hmm. I went I went back for motor vehicle code violation, false certification. I put my car in somebody else's name, and I have a suspended license. That's fraud. Knowingly do it. I paid her $50 to put it in her name. I paid the Secretary of State's office. I paid the insurance. I paid the tabs. It was a victimless crime all the way around. Totally victimless. But because of my past record, I went sent, I got sent, went to five. Okay. Wow. And um, so that's what I went back to prison for. I had been out 15 years. 15 years. Mm. And what I went back for, the normal citizen would not have gone for. They would have got a fine and that was it. And, and and I, I didn't even know it was a felony. I had no idea that there was such a such a thing as a motor vehicle code fa- violation, fault certification. I didn't know, but that's what I went back for. Um, but at the same time that that this had taken place, I had I was I was in a spiral downhill. Anyhow, I would end up back in prison eventually anyway, for something else. You know, I was out there. My son had passed away, and there's like three months of my life I don't even remember at all. And during this three months is when this stuff had taken place. Um, I had relapsed. I was selling dope. I was just doing everything I wasn't supposed to be doing. I would have ended up going back to prison anyway instead of this little petty stuff. But, yeah, I would have went. Um, so when I got out and before I had contact with, got in contact with her, I got a job at a little pizza parlor, you know, um, making pizzas. And that didn't last long. Like I said, I have arthritis, and it's hard for me to keep up with the younger people, so they laid me off. And when they laid me off, before I ran back, ran into her, who was introduced, I went back to what I knew. I had to survive. Mm-hmm. So I was doing what I knew. You know, I'm on paper. I'm reporting, but I'm still doing what I'm not supposed to be doing. Um, and then that's when I met her and um, uh, Michelle Smart, bagsbutterflies.com. Totally changed my life. And and how might your mindset have been different uh, the second time coming out? Was there uh, anything different in just your approach? Everything. To- I mean, I'm, I'm tired. I don't have no more time left of me to give. Yeah. Okay, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that to give. Okay, um, my mindset is totally focused on staying out here, being a productive member of society, and doing what I'm supposed to do because I don't have no more time left of me to give to the state to give to anybody. You know, um, I didn't then and I don't now, you know, my mindset from then to now is, is, is totally, totally different, you know, from my first bit to my second bit, my first bit. Oh, well, I, I was young and dumb and just, you know, I did what I did, but the second bit, no, no, I didn't have it in me, but yeah, the mind, the mind frame is totally different as you get older. Um, you get older, you change, you know, it's like, um, it says the older you get, if I only knew what I knew now, back then, you know, things would be totally different. But, um, yeah, the mindset's totally different. Eric, can you chime in there? Just what uh, – so 
notably, Eric, you did one stint in prison, and then you were you were donezo. So what? Uh, how you know when when you got out? Uh, and I'm asking you a bit rhetorically because I know we've discussed this at length. No but problem, uh, no to, to folks that are listening, could you could you speak to kind of how the well, the type of focus that you emerged uh, from that situation with? Well, it was easy for me because once um, I got incarcerated for for the crime, got incarcerated for. I had a mandatory life without parole, which means I die in prison. And once they modified the uh, 650 drug life law, it gave me an opportunity to give me an opportunity, you know, to become eligible for parole. So that's all it took for me. When I heard I was getting out, I, I already knew what time it was. I had everything already in motion. My mind, mindset totally changed. But I always kept a, kept a positive attitude. Even though I had life without parole, I knew one day, I, you know, eventually I'd be free. So... I just kept a very strong, positive attitude, and, and that's why that's what I needed. You know, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't difficult because we already, you know, right from wrong. We taught that from, you know, from uh, toddler. We know right from wrong. So if I wanted to, stay, wanted to stay out, I had to do right. But your choices, the power of free will. So my choices to stay home was. Uh, very, I mean, it's no, it's, it's no brainer. It's a no brainer. <laughs> That's why I'm using this platform here, along with you, Armani, and you and Armani, and um, congratulate these guests because then these guests was coming in. Michelle Smart for doing a wonderful uh, job in the community, especially for the young ladies who need it. And maybe this com- this platform here, conversation here, can really touch someone who hasn't even been going who going down that road, having experienced prison yet, but maybe they. You know, she can help them and redirect their thinking mm-hmm. and behavior, even not to reach that point. So they won't have to be sitting up here talking about I did prison time. So I'm just using this platform, this return citizen podcast, to reach those who may be going down the same path as I went. We have, I have a saying, only thing in the streets is court dates and caskets. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing in the streets. So you make the choice to be a constructive, uh, productive member of society. Or unproductive member of society. It's really the attitude is up to you. All the resources are here if you, you want to be constructive. And to the to the point of Eric talking about available resources, if you can't find the resources that you're looking for, reach out to us at podcast at thereturningcitizen.org. If we can't help you, we have a network of people that might be able to and, and hopefully can. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. <coughs> yeah. And I think um – this all kind of circles around the idea of like building productive communities because there's only so much that you can do by yourself or you've seen what working on your own and trying to hustle it like turns out to be. So I'm just really curious about what excites you or inspires you about the community that you're involved in now. Or like what are you looking forward to, I guess, personally or professionally um, for both of you, like moving forward? So moving forward, we are excited about launching our employment program. Our plan is to launch with five women. Um, one of the ladies coming to our program has been away 44 years. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about following her journey to success. And um, we're also excited about engaging the community. This is a community initiative that we're involved in. It's not just about Baxter Butterflies. It's about the communities that the women are going back to. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that the community is engaged. Also our churches, you know, we think it's important for the ladies to find a good church home. So we we have, it's a huge initiative, but we've been, we've come a long way and we have so much further 
you know, um, a, a long ways to go, but we are, we think that we're making, pro- making strides. And, you know, I, I didn't get to share this. And I know, um, Jacob had asked about one of our success stories. I just want to share this really quick. So mm-hmm. one of our ladies, um, who's part of our focus group, she had been away 30 years since she was 15. She, um, when she was in prison, she managed the kitchen area. She was a um, their cook or chef there. And when she came home, she said she had a vision of opening up her own restaurant and doing some things like that. But we're just really proud of her. And she is employed, gainfully employed. She's been um, working for Detroit Vegan Soul. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm really yeah. excited just, just to say so. If you guys go out to Detroit Vegan Soul, Say hello to Darnita, and she's okay with me using her name. She's just been a wonderful, wonderful, um, just just been so wonderful and instrumental in helping us with our program from from day one. Mm-hmm. And try the tofu catfish, uh, the blackened catfish. <laughs> yeah. It's phenomenal. Just put another. Cool, Robin. Are you looking for anything? Like forward to anything in particular right now? Um, I'm to reiterate what Michelle was just saying. Um, to help these women, you know. If I can save just one woman, I've accomplished something, you know. Um, but that, that's what I'm looking forward to is to helping these women and direct their lives and, and give them purpose. Mm-hmm. That it just it's overwhelms me sometimes. Definitely, and I feel like kind of like how you mentioned, <sighs> no, you good. Sorry. How you mentioned before about um, the talk of returning citizens kind of being focused toward men. Is there anything that you wish people understood or knew about what it's like to be a woman that has also experienced the same thing or that has yeah, gone it's, through this? It's women, um, women are emotional creatures. We run on emotions, you know. So when we're looked down upon, it's, it's hard on us. You know, we take stuff personally more so than men do, you know. And it's hard because we have children at home and we have families and you know, the children have friends that look at their, you know, your mom was in prison and, you know, um, it's, it's, it's stereotyped, but there's a stigma, you know, there's a different, definite stigma attached to being incarcerated. Um, and it is hard, you know, it, it's, it really is, but you can overcome that. And that's like back to bags to butterflies.com, back to this program. This program helps you overcome that stigma. And helps you identify yourself and brings your self-esteem back up. And once you become self-supportive and you become empowered, it doesn't matter where you've been. It's where you're going that counts. You know, where I've been does not matter to me. In fact, it is a, I use it as a positive note now. It's not a negative baggage that I'm carrying with me. Even my daughter is proud of me. And, and that's, that's all I care about. You know, um, I have brought myself up, and that's what this program will do for these women. You know, once you become self-supportive, once you become, you know who you are, and you're, you you become empowered, it's a big difference. It's, 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 it makes all the difference in the world, mm-hmm. all the difference in the world. Just to piggyback on what Robin said about the stereotypes, one of the things that we try and do, while well, we do this every year, we host a photo shoot with three women. We get them all dialed up. It's a full day of just pampering them. Um, you know, they get their makeup done, their hair is styled, and, you know, we just dote on them, on the ladies. And we purchase clothing that's um, 
we, we try to show the ladies how they can dress for success for less because that's another thing that we find that they want to come home and, you know, if their friend is dressed, you know, to the T or however, and, you know, they don't can't afford, you know, appropriate clothing, we show them that you can go and purchase clothing. We go and purchase all of our clothing from the Salvation Army. We've partnered with them, and they've given us 50% off coupons that we distribute to the ladies. And if you look on our website, there are pictures of the ladies. You would not know that the clothing are from the Salvation Army, but the women are absolutely beautiful, and we want to dispel this myth about who they are. They want jobs. They want careers. They want housing. They want to come back and be constructive members of society. And one of the things we do is we encourage them to let go of the past, live life today with a sense of purpose, and just fly or just follow, um, focus on their dreams. Beautiful. I like that inside-out mm-hmm. approach. That's that's really good to know. That's great. And and just to I dive a little bit deeper into one piece of this that we that we haven't explicitly touched on, which is motherhood. Could you just speak about the experience of the ladies or, or your experience yourself being a mother in this process? Absolutely. Um, my first incarceration student, I had no children. So the second one, I had children already. And there's a big difference. Um, you don't know that that kind of love exists until you have a child. The love that you have for a child is like no other. And like I said, I didn't know that kind of love existed until I had a child. So when I got incarcerated the second time, it was hard. It hurt. It was something you felt inside of you every day. It's hard to be taken away from your child that you've raised all her life. You know, you never run away from. Um, there's no feeling like it in the world, and I can't even describe it. But all I can say is that it's, 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 it's painful. It's very painful. And if it's painful for me, imagine when it's painful for my child. If I'm going through it, so is she. You know, um, yeah, it's 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 terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And um, for me to come home, and then I got to start all over again because now there's there's I don't know what word I'm looking for, but it's there's something there's a barrier there between me and my daughter when I first got home. There was a drift. There was a rift. There was a barrier there, and I had to break that wall back down because she was afraid I was going to leave again. You know. And um, and it's finally back down, and we're back. You know what I'm saying? But it's taken a long time. It's taken a long time mm-hmm. to get that barrier down and to get back in. You know, and um, she's 13. You know, so she's at that age too. But she, you know, she was 10 when I got incarcerated. 11. You know, so yeah, it's hard. It's 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 difficult. It's very difficult. It's a hell of a di- hell of a obstacle. For sure. Yeah, Yeah. I think we talk about physical distance a lot when we think about this, but the emotional toll is what you kind of have to get back going. And just personally, like family members and things that I know, like watching that distance happen and trying to fill it in through letters or calls or whatever is not the same as a consistent presence. So it's great that you get to have a consistent presence again. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. She's my life. Mm hmm. So what are some ways that folks can get involved, folks that might be listening, um, whether they have a personal uh, personal exposure to the criminal justice system or um, are just inspired by what you are working on? What are some different ways that they can get involved, generally speaking? So we're, we're always looking for volunteers. So if anyone wants to come out and volunteer their time to help with designing or assembling our handbags, that would be wonderful. We uh, have a huge initiative to get out 500 handbags for an event that's coming up this summer. So we, we, we are going to need all the help we can get. So that would be one, um, one way that they can assist. We also on our website, if anyone, um, 
desires to assist us financially, there's a donate button on our website. So feel free to go there. And if you have any resources that you think would benefit the women, if you are um, any type of resources that you might be able to offer would be wonderful. Um, any we would appreciate any help we can get. Social media also, you know, um, word of mouth, advertisement, all that helps. Absolutely. Beautiful. So follow them, world, right? Yes. Absolutely. Bag, com. And what's the handle? Let go, live life, fly. I'm sorry, the, the social media handle. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, that that's one of our <laughs> it's handles. It's a great slogan. Right. So, uh, so our, on Facebook, we're Bags to Butterflies. Um, on Instagram, we're at, at Bags to Butterflies. Great, and we'll include that in the description as well. Uh, and where can folks find the bag? So, so on the website, I the mean, bags are listed. Yes, our um, handbags. Are you guys participate. I, I saw you at the Detroit Urban Craft Fair. Yes. Uh, where else can can people come across the bags? We're so, Sunny Temple. Yeah. Um, we've gone to um, downtown on Randolph. What was the name of that? Um, well, actually, if anyone's looking to purchase our handbags, they can go to our website, bags2butterflies.com. We also have them available at the wellness shop in um, West Bloomfield at the at Henry Ford Hospital. We have them at the African American Museum. We're looking this year, once we launch our program and we have the women and all of their women in place, we look, we are looking to expand our uh, presence in retail. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're looking to do that very soon. Cool. That's a big step. Get men volunteer for your program. Most definitely, men are, are always welcome. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, men are always welcome because you know what? We use a lot of. I mean, there are a lot of tools and things that we use. We use uh, what are we using, Robin? The the nail guns, and we're doing all these wonderful things. So yes, we can use some manpower in some of those areas. So thank you. So grind our glass for us. <laughs> well, this is really great, Eric. Do you have any other? Thoughts you wanted to share? Uh, I commend them uh, tremendously, especially for uh, you know, helping women, you know, that's coming home that need this type of support. Uh, I think is well deserved, well needed, and kudos to them. I just want you know uh, get God all the glory for them because you know they deserve it. Like I said, not only for those that have been women that have been incarcerated and men, but also those who's Living um, a very playful life, putting themselves in a situation where they may end up prison. So, man, hopefully, this, well, I know it well, not hopefully, faithfully, this program here or this episode here, you know, helps someone, either man, woman, teenager, preteen, because they, they start, <laughs> they start early. Yeah. <laughs> they start early now, 11 to 12 years old. So, they can touch the suburbs, they can touch the inner city, they can touch uh, rural areas. As we see it nowadays, so it's really, I mean, <coughs> especially with the things, you know, things going on now. So I just like to say, you, change, you know, change your life. If you're living a life that you're not supposed to live, I'm not. I'm trying not to preach to you, but I've been down that road before, and hopefully, my words can resonate to someone, and hopefully, you change your life and start living a productive life. I think. I mean, you guys uh, different through different, much different experiences. Uh, You've mentioned that you just could have never imagined the type of sentence you received for the crimes you were committing. That was that was like the death penalty, and so yeah. many. That was the, what I had was the death penalty. Right. That's what I had: mandatory life without no parole. Is really the you death penalty it. in Michigan. Yeah. So I think a lot, I mean a lot of times folks are out here doing things that they just don't even realize. <coughs> exactly. We talk about crime. You know, a criminal justice system as a deterrent. 
but so rarely are people like you're not studying the law before you no you right commit a yeah. crime. Yeah. So test you doing what you need. To. <laughs> right. Mine was for monetary gain. I think I wasn't carrying no artillery. I seen you know fast money. Why work when I can get to make this in twenty minutes? I can work. why work yeah. for that amount? So you know it was greed. <coughs> uh, I don't think I was. Uh, I, I wasn't lazy, you know. So it, it really mine was just greed. It was greed, greed that got me, you know, that got me in the situation I, I was in. I didn't mind working, but I think I, I thought I was working smarter and not harder. Mm-hmm. But I was working stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, guys, we have a few more minutes. Uh, is there anything else? Uh, anything else we should know about? Anything else? Uh, that's that's on your guys' radar that's exciting you? Well, we just want to thank you guys for having us and letting us share our story. And, you know, we um, just encourage everyone to follow us and, you know, to watch some of the wonderful things that we're planning to do with the ladies and as we empower them on the next phase of their life. I think it'd be cool if we could get y'all on tape saying your tagline together again, and then maybe we can wrap it up, right? It was just so pretty. <laughs> so, if, yeah. So, let go. Oh, let go. Oh, let go. Oh. So um, we encourage the women to let go of the past, live life today, and, and to fly. fly or focus on their dreams. Beautiful. That's amazing. And and I do just want to mention real quick uh, that our intention with the returning citizens is to be sharing a diver- a, you know a diversity of of stories and and you know folks from from different backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, we've had trouble finding women uh, just by nature of their you know. It, it the networks that we were plugged into so we're starting to now uh get more exposure but um so first of all we would love help uh, if you guys know other uh amazing women that are crushing it post uh, post prison uh Absolutely. please we'd love to connect with more people um and just if there's anything else uh, other support resources anything like that uh these are stories that we intend to continue telling um, so we may need to have you guys on again in the future, uh, and to the degree that we can tap your network and um, and talk to other folks, uh, we're always looking to uh, reach out to to more people. Absolutely, I love this about you. I love this. This is awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. No, thank you. Bro. This was great. Thank you for coming and sharing thank stories. You. That's that's my favorite. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Bags to Butterflies.com. Check it out. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Peace.